Speed Green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football morning, Birds 365 fans. You're on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Yes, you will get some Jody Mac and some Johnny Mac and a full helping of Rick Sartello, who's in for uh, Johnny Mac today. Uh, JM will join us coming up in a couple of minutes live from Miami, where yesterday he was out at Eagles practice. It was supposed to be an Eagle joint practice, but that went by the board. So we found that out while we were on the air here yesterday on Birds 365 that the Dolphins had a stomach flu running through their team out of an overabundance of caution. They canceled the joint aspect of yesterday's practice. They canceled their practice altogether. Uh, But the Eagles did get a practice in, um, Ricky and they would have liked to have a second shot at the Dolphins because according to every reporter, including Johnny Mack, uh, Dolphins got the better of them in day one of their two days of joint practice. So a little competition, a little setback, a little adversity never hurt anybody, specifically in a practice where it doesn't go up on the scoreboard as a loss. It goes up on our scoreboard as a loss. Uh, but the Eagles instead got a good regular practice in in the heat in Miami to get ready for the season. Eh, big loss, no loss. Jody, stop it. It's practice. What the hell are you talking about? How do you see the fact that yesterday's joint aspect went by the boards? Yeah, you know, a little uh, training camp tutorial process. You know, you got to learn a little bit. You got to get knocked down, pick yourself back up. And, you know, I thought it was interesting reading a lot of the beat writers who said Jalen Hurts didn't exactly light it up and have a great practice. And then you hear Nick Sariani in the post uh, press conference saying, hey, Jalen Hurts just had his best practice in two years. So I think all this scrutiny, all this under the microscope, I saw, you know, our, uh, our, our friend Brandon had a breakdown every single practice. Did he go stock up? Did he go stock down? Did he go stock even? And I think he had five practices, stock ups, five practices, stock down and and five practices right there. So uh, at the end of the day, listen, we don't really know what they're specifically working on all the time. We're not really, understanding everything it is that they're asking Jalen Hurts to do. And so uh, I think Nick Sariani's comments uh, yesterday proved that where he said, hey, since I've been here, that was the best practice he had. He, he, he hung in the pocket. He read through all his progressions. Maybe he didn't have as high as a, a completion percentage, 
But I think that's really the next step they really want to see Jalen Hurts make is, is being able to read the defenses, go through those progressions. The smart, I know he threw his first interception in I don't know how many practices. So he's going to make smart decisions. And hey, listen, the, the Dolphins are kind of like the Eagles version of the AFC where they kind of loaded up in the offseason. They bring in Tyreek Hill, they bring in a bunch of running backs. They got this uh, whiz kid head coach and a lot of people think they could uh, be competing for a wild card spot with, with the New England Patriots in that AFC East right behind the Buffalo Bills. So this is a borderline playoff contender. I think, you know, it, it's not, if you're going to get uh, your, your, your handed to you, uh, no, no, no time better to do it than training camp. And oh, by the way, uh, if Nick Sirianni says the uh, team practice against the Dolphins was the best practice that Jalen Hurts had in two years, he may be right. That uh, you can't tell him his opinion. His opinion is his opinion, and he knows what he thinks. He knows what he saw. He has an opinion on it. If that was a, his opinion on Jalen Hurts, I'd love to know what his opinion on Tua Tungavaloa was, because uh, <laughs> Tua did more damage to the Eagle defense than Jalen did to the. Uh, 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 Dolphin defense, if that's the best practice Jalen has had, shoot, Tua must be on the verge of winning an MVP because he kind of sliced and diced the Eagles in their uh, practice uh, the day before. But they got an hour and change in. I lost. Loser, McDonald. Um, I went under an hour. I thought in that Miami Heat, uh, they weren't going to put anybody at risk. Uh, I text with JM yesterday, and he's going to hop aboard with us coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I said hour 10, and then they went inside to the air-conditioned area, I guess much like the uh, Eagles have the bubble down in South Philadelphia. Miami's got something similar. So they got out of the heat and did another 20-minute walkthrough inside that the media wasn't allowed to observe. Uh, so they did get to working yesterday. They'll, they'll be ready for the game Saturday against the Dolphins. And we don't expect a lot of starters uh, on either of the two sides. You know, for a fact, Jalen Hurts coming off, quote unquote, his best practice in two years uh, isn't going to play. He's going to wrap up the regular season, the preseason with a perfect quarterback ranking coming off his six of six in the first preseason game the Eagles played. Uh, you probably get some of the rookies still playing. Um, Davis and Dean will both play. On defense, uh, maybe you get a little Cam Jurgens action at center again, but I'll bet you comes out early. I'm going to lose this bet again. I've lost it every week so far, Rick. I, I thought that the Eagles would go a little bit more uh, protective of him since he may need to start week one if Kelsey isn't ready. No, they've given him as much reps as anybody on that offensive line. Um, maybe this is the week they actually scale back. Uh, they know better whether uh, Jalen Hurts is uh, – whether uh, Jason Kelsey – is going to be better to go. Um, who of the Eagles this week? And yeah, there's a little projection here as to who's going to play, who's not going to play. Big look, short look, minimum look, whatever it's going to be. Any specific Eagles you'll keep an eye on in the game on Saturday against the Dolphins because could mean starting, could mean making the roster. Uh, they're uh, a guy or two that you specifically want to zero in. Because, uh, yeah, this, uh, even though it's only a preseason game and we expect the uh, best of the best, the starters not to play, some guys are probably uh, putting in a pretty good fight on Saturday against the Dolphins. Who's, who would that be? Yeah, I got a couple on offense, a couple on defense. One, I, I think it's a big potential showcase game for Gardner Menchu because I, I'm still seeing around the league guys like Baker Mayfield, guys like Daniel Jones, uh, a lot of starting quarterbacks still getting reps 
uh, you know, Daniel Jones was out there with three backup offensive linemen, as was Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to get the start. So, hey, if there's a starting quarterback that does go down here in the final week, Gardner Menchu might be a hot name that teams tend to look at. So I, I could see him playing at least the first half, uh, maybe boosting his trade value there. And how about uh, my guy, Josh Sills, out of Oklahoma uh, State? We talked about him, can play all five positions. However, when you when you kind of do the arithmetic and, and the mathematics, it's kind of hard to find a spot here for him on this 53-man roster. So I think he's fighting and clawing. Josh Sills is a guy, like, once you get him into camp, he's hard to cut. Uh, he just goes about his business, line him out outside, inside, uh, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on him. He's a personal favorite of mine. You know, I saw the injury report. I'm a little bit worried now about Teron Jackson on the defensive line because he had a laundry list of injuries coming out of school. He's now hurt again. And, um, you know, the safety spot really with uh, Reed Blankenship coming on strong. I think he's all but now assured himself at least at the very minimum a practice squad spot. But I think Jaquiski Tart, it's kind of make it or break it time because uh, there's some free agents out there now. Elijah uh, Riley, I think a former Eagle out there. Uh, are they going to look to upgrade the safety position? Are they going to roll with what they got? I think it's a make it or break it game for Jaquiski Tart. That's a good one on, on Tart. I got to remember to ask John about that, whether there, there was any indication that Tart was or wasn't going to play, was he going to play significantly, played a lot. And he made some plays in their last preseason game, which he needed to do because he had missed uh, some uh, practice time because of personal issues. Uh, your buddy Sills this weekend, he's not playing for the Eagles. He has zero chance to make the Philadelphia Eagles. But what he does, if he plays well, maybe somebody else's eyes get opened up. He's playing to get a spot with another team. In the National Football League, he goes out, he, he can have one of the best preseason games in the history of the NFL. I don't think he's got a prayer of making the Eagles because the Eagles have as good offensive Stop. line depth, maybe better than anyone in the National Football League. But there are a whole bunch of teams that could use uh, offensive line upgrades. And if he can show something on tape this week, then I think he's got a chance when his name, not if, when his name is on that uh, cut list on uh, next Tuesday. Maybe there's a team out there that's uh, willing to uh, snap him up. So so you're right to be uh, keeping an eye on him because he's playing for his NFL life. Maybe not his Philadelphia life, but his NFL life, he might be able to upgrade there. Uh, your Tart point is a good one. How do they handle Tart? He's a veteran. He's been there, done that. He's played more in the National Football League than probably about 75% of the Eagles roster, but he's still just an Eagle for a couple of months now. Did play well enough in game number two. Uh, I, I I don't know what you read into the amount of snaps that he gets. On If he doesn't get a whole bunch of snaps, is it going to be the debate will rage between Saturday and Tuesday? Because he's already made the team, so they didn't need to get a look. Or they've already made up their mind that they're going to go in another direction and the tart's just not a fit. I don't even know how to evaluate uh, the the amount that Tart plays, uh, the way that it plays always ha helps. If you play well, and he played pretty well in the second preseason game against the Browns, it can't hurt you. But is Jaquiski Tart playing to make the Eagles and fortify his role, or is he too showcasing for another NFL team? 
Well, I think it was a low risk contract about a $1 million deal. So he is on, he is on notice, I think. And if it's me, I'm putting him out there with the starting unit because, you know, you're looking for him to be your third safety. And if there's an injury, uh, you're going to have to step him and slot him in as a starter. So let's, let's run him out there, see how he does. I won't necessarily put too much emphasis on the, on the snap count as much as I will with what he does with those snaps. If he comes in, plays the first three or four series and you see him, you know, doing what Jaquiski Tart does and, and stuff in the run and playing in the box and making plays. Well then, Hey, I, I think he might solidify a roster spot, but Again, I mean, there's there's already uh, some names out there. Troy Apke from uh, the Washington squad was also released. He's a special teamer with a ton of experience. I think the Eagles are on the fence. And and how Jaquiski Tart plays against the Dolphins here could ultimately determine whether or not he moves forward with this ball club. And if he doesn't, well, hey, uh, there's always a need for a veteran guy there out on the free agent waiver wire. But, you know, right now, I think, I'll put it at 50-50. All right. Let me run this one by you, and I will surely do this with Johnny Mack when he joins us uh, about five minutes from now. Um, yesterday when we were here on the show, uh, I think it was announced while we were on, uh, might have been just before, uh, the Dallas Cowboys lose their left tackle. Tyron Smith, uh, major leg issues, going to be missing months, as in plural, as in sounds like minimum of a half a season for me, he's definitely going to be put on the pup list. Uh, and the Cowboys back up there is probably Tyler Smith, the guy they took in the first round, which is, uh, that's right. I'm going to ask you, Mr. NFL draft Bible. Um, thought he was a little bit of a reach in the first round for the Cowboys last year. They were going to move him from tackle to guard. They, they projected him as a guard and were drafting him as a guard. Now they may very well move him back out to tackle, which isn't the best way to do things. You Here, learn a new position. Do nothing else but concentrate on becoming a new player. All right, forget everything we just taught you. Now we're going to move you back out to guard. So maybe they'd prefer to keep him in at guard. Here's the question. If the Cowboys offered a second-round pick for Mr. Lillard, Dillard of the Eagles, and we got no idea. Howie Roseman knows. We don't know. We all just sit here and speculate that the best they could get would be a third-round pick. Could they get a fourth that elevates to a, a third? Could they get a second from Dallas that could elevate to a first if he plays 90% of their snaps? And, oh, by the way, Smith is supposed to be back at some point, so Dillard could become a backup for them. But you're helping your individual rival. For me, your only individual rival when it comes to a uh, title grab this year. Sorry, Giants fans. Sorry, Commodore fans. I don't think you're in the mix. It's Dallas against Philadelphia for the NFC East this year. You, that could be the difference between that game, uh, first half game between the Eagles and the Cowboys when Dillard's still playing for them. Will Howie Roseman even consider, could he be blown away by an offer from the Cowboys to trade Dill, uh, Dillard to Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I think the first round pick gets your attention. Anything less than that, uh, you're unsatisfied and and you're helping out a divisional opponent in a season where, I mean, it, it, it are you anything less than all in on this season? Uh, I mean, I've said it before on this show. This is the best supporting cast that they will ever have around Jalen Hurts. You've got to capitalize on this opportunity. 
And if you don't, you know, getting a, a first round pick now that might hurt Dallas in the future and help your organization, but a second round pick uh, for a guy that's going to go and start at tackle for my divisional opponent. Uh, I don't think I'm pulling the trigger Not on that it. one. It's got, got to be a one. Otherwise, uh, yeah. thank you. No, uh, Mr. Jones, you can go back to overstating what kind of a team you have this year. I think so. I think so. And, uh, you know, you remember when Dallas was actually, you know, making a run and, and, and contending and, and Ezekiel Elliott was having career years. It was because they had a strong offensive line and that really took a lot of pressure out of Dak Prescott. I thought Dak Prescott was asked to do a little bit too much last year and you don't really want to make their life easier. So no, I'm not doing Dallas any favors. If they want to, if they want to forfeit a one, hey, I, I, I'll, I'll listen to that. But anything else would just be uncivilized. It is a fun conversation to have because it's Dallas. If it's anybody else, it's a different yeah. conversation. Shoot, if it's the Giants and the Commanders, I think it's a different conversation. Absolutely. But because it's the Cowboys, the phrase overpay must come into it. Then we'll see if uh, the Cowboys. And, and Jerry's done that in the past. If you remember uh, when they were desperate for a wide receiver, he gave up two first-round picks for Amari Cooper. And then turned around and traded Mari Cooper for what? A fourth and a sixth or something <laughs> as uh, little pittance as that was this past season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they overpaid for Cooper coming in and they didn't get near enough for Cooper going out. All right. He's uh, Rick Saratelli. He's in with me today on Bird Street 65. We got our buddy John McMullen coming to us live. Oh, I can see him. He's in the green room. He's sweating already. It's hot down there in Miami again. Uh, Johnny Mack's going to join us next. Uh, getting ready for the Eagles and the Dolphins preseason game after practices were minimalized. That's my word. We'll see if McMullen agrees. He's next here on Birds 365. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. in for John McMullen. Oh, there's McMullen. He's down in Florida. He's getting ready for some preseason football action between the Dolphins and the Eagles. How'd your stomach feel, buddy? Uh, so far, so good. I'm crossing my fingers on that one because that would uh, that would create an issue. Uh, yeah. Um, but so far, so good. When uh, What was the timeline yesterday uh, as far as uh, knowing that the joint practice was canceled, trying to get information on why and the Dolphins and how ill the players were or weren't? How'd that go yesterday? Um, I'm trying to look at uh, my text messages here. It, it came pretty early in the morning um, before we had to leave uh, for um, – practice the the Dolphins sent out that it was going to be canceled so from their perspective so then we were all scrambling to figure out what the Eagles were going to do that took a little bit longer I guess they were trying to figure things out with their medical people and seeing how guys felt and all that kind of stuff so it was about a half hour between and they said nope we're going to practice and Everybody shuttled down there the best they could to see essentially a regular training camp practice at the Dolphins facility, which was interesting, uh, at least, and hot, as you mentioned, Jody. Um, hundred. This is not even a real number, by the way. A hundred and three percent humidity. I checked my. <laughs> I checked. I checked my weather app. And it said 103%. That's not even a real number. I said, Miami, it, you know, people make that up. They say, oh, I'm giving 110%. No, 100%. That's the scale. Not Miami. 103. <laughs> that's and funny. Miami, they got a little bit uh, different way of doing things, Johnny Mac. And, uh, you know, the good news is you got to dig into the vintage collection. I saw you pull out the Miami Vice gear yesterday. You're looking real Miami <laughs> down there in Florida. So, uh, you know, at least you got a little trip to Florida in. But, hey, let me talk to you about Miles Sanders because this is, what, now the sixth uh, straight practice. I think he's been <laughs> yeah. held out with the hamstring and hamstrings tend to linger. There was kind of a sense last year that Miles needs to – understand the difference between being hurt and being injured. Uh, I know I was listening to the sports take guys yesterday. They're not really too concerned about it, but uh, somewhere in the deep belly of mine, I, I am a little bit nervous about this situation. Well, I get why people are because of miles history over the past two years. I think they kind of forget that he did play his entire rookie season, played all 16 games. So he has done it before, but I mean, two years in a row. So, you know, that's what people remember 
and he's been nicked up. Last year was an ankle and a broken hand. So it's kind of like you break your hand, you break your hand. I, I don't know if I could call that injury prone, that type of injury. Um, but those soft tissue injuries are always a concern. But that's why the Eagles are doing it. I mean, you know, it's it's what are we, August 26th. So, you know, the new preseason, you have two weeks, essentially, a little bit over two weeks before the, the opener. He's going to be there. I mean, the Eagles are just being cautious. Uh, he's always out at practice. Um, he's not away from practice. Uh, in other words, I always tell Jody, Rick, if, if somebody gets hurt, you don't see them on the practice field, you know it's more serious because they don't want them near anything. When they're sort of just being cautious with guys like Devontae Smith earlier in camp the same way, when when he had a little groin tweak, he was out there every day watching, taking it in, and you could tell right off the bat it wasn't serious. They were just being cautious. Same thing with Miles Sanders right now. I, I need your take on this. I ran this by Ricky right before we punched you up. Um, yesterday we found out kind of maybe at about the same time that uh, we found out that the Dolphins were begging the joint practice that Tyron Smith was going to be out for months, multiple Ooh. with an S on the end on, on the offensive line for the Cowboys. If Jerry Jones were to call Howie Roseman, and I don't know if those two directly speak, but Jerry is the mover and shaker, the unofficial general manager of the Cowboys. And he offered the Eagles, and how he knows what he's been offered, if he's at least listened on Andre Dillard, if he hasn't, shame on him. Don't know how actively he shopped him. We've shopped him pretty good here on Birds 365, or at least I have. You're a bigger Dillard fan than I am. If the Cowboys offered a second-round pick that could elevate to a one, depending on playing time, Howie Roseman at least think about it? Does he contemplate? Would you help out the Dallas Cowboys and give them their starting left tackle for a half a season? Yes. Yes. For a conditional one, yes. That's it, though. That's it. Nothing uh, Nothing else. Um, uh, a three turning into a two? No. A two? No. Um, a two that can turn into a conditional one? Yes. Um, okay. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because the Cowboys just drafted Tyron Smith's heir apparent in the first round this year. Um, and, and people think they overdrafted uh, Tyler Smith. Uh, you know, Rick can probably talk to that a little bit better than I. I, I just said that in the first segment, Johnny. You and I are on the same page. Yeah. He was an overdraft. Yeah, but but that's who they picked to be the heir apparent. They were going to try to start him out at left guard, I guess. He was kind of losing that battle to get him on the field. That's probably the easiest route they can go. Just throw him into the deep end of the pool and see if he can swim a little bit. Um, Eric Fisher's out there still. They can go that route. There are other routes. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to do it. Um because they're not going to trade a first-round pick, essentially. Because if, if 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 you put a condition on playing time with Dillard, you know he's going to be the starting left tackle. So if he plays, it's going to turn into a first-round pick. You just took a left tackle in the first round. You're, you're not going to do that. So from the Cowboys' perspective, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to panic. 
have to hire Rick Spielman, who I saw down here, and he's back in Miami. Now he's just hanging out watching practice, but uh, I, he lives down here. But, you know, if you have that panic type mode, you know, they're not going to do that. So uh, I, I can't see it from their perspective and from the Eagles' perspective. They're not going to help out the Cowboys unless they get blown out of the water with that essentially a first-round pick because the conditional two is turning into a one if you put that playing time on it unless Andre Dillard gets hurt because he's going to play. And and Smith, um, Tyron, not Tyler, is going to be out probably for the year. Um, there's some talk he could make it back in December, but considering the severity of that injury and a bulging fracture of the knee, that does that is not good. Um, I think they're just going to play Tyler Smith. But either way, it tilts the power in the NFC East from Cowboys. I've, I've been slight edge to the Cowboys. Give a little deference to the reigning champs, even though that never works in the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, until you prove you can beat them. But this changes things because, you know, we just talked about injuries with Miles Sanders. Tyron's been injury prone the past couple seasons too. I think he's missed 20 games. And when he's out there versus when he's in there, Cowboys are a completely, completely different team. Well, I mean, you could, you could state the same argument for the Eagles with Jason Kelsey, uh, except there's not as much panic. It seems like around the Eagles organization, because Cam Jurgens has played relatively well there, John. So uh, with that, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done being said i mean let's gauge the temperature on the starting guard positions because i i haven't heard an update there i mean what are you seeing with with uh jurgen slated to start at center how does the rest of this offensive line uh shape up for week one do you think well jason's gonna be back i mean he's gonna be back week one um that's why the eagles had him get the surgery when they did that was sort of the deadline for him to make it back started 122 consecutive games that, you know, unless they put a, a restraining belt on him, he's going to be out there rare in the play. Um, so Cam's, you know, uh, people have called him a luxury pick and, and he is to a certain degree uh, unless somebody gets hurt, but they said the same thing about Landon Dickerson last year. Um and all of a sudden, you had a bunch of injuries, and he's out there playing. He's playing at a high level, and now he's a, a big part of this offensive line. So to start, you know, the hope is Cam Jurgens doesn't have to play. Um, Landon Dickerson um, got a maintenance day yesterday, so um, got a little banged up on Wednesday. Um, but it shows you the deference they have for him already. Isaac Sayamalos had a great summer coming off the, the Liz Frank injury, but you always have to be concerned with that type of injury, especially with big guys coming back. So, I, I mean, would he play guard? The Eagles have so much depth. 
I don't know if they would want to mess with that because he's a legitimate starting center in this league right now as a rookie. Uh, he has shown that type of talent. And I don't know if you want to mess with that. I just wait because Jason's retiring after this year, all indications. He's told his buddies he's retiring. This is it. Um, he could always change his mind, but that's why the Eagles drafted Cam Jurgens. I think they should stick to the plan. No, no necessary cross-training uh, once Jason comes back. Something well worth keeping an eye on, uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, let me ask you another rookie question. Grant Calcaterra returns. The return yeah. of Grant Calcaterra. It's been practicing last couple of days. Uh, apparently made some nice catches in practice. Assuming he's going to play this weekend, how's he look for you? What's his roster status? I, I think I broached this with you last week. If he didn't get back, the possibility of putting him on pup to start the year to keep a 53-man roster spot open. Well, if he's in, he's practicing, he's going to have to make the team. Uh, where do you see Calcaterra going first on Saturday <laughs> and then on the roster thereafter? Yeah, unless he gets hurt again, um, he's going to make the roster. It, it, it's kind of weird. Um and I'll use that word again, the deference the Eagles are showing to him. He's a six-round pick, right? I mean, we all talk about his history in college. Yeah, if he didn't retire, if he didn't transfer, maybe he would have been a, a third-round pick, whatever, potential day-two pick. But he wasn't, and he had the concussion issues, and he hurt his hamstring early and was out for a couple weeks, um, a long time in, in, in the summer. Uh, and he's back, and they're they're just like they like him. They they like him, and I I think part of it is <clears throat> they need a backup tight end, right? I mean, Jack Stoll's making this team, but he's very limited from a receiving standpoint. I like Calcaterra's upside, and I think part of it is they think they're more likely to get Noah Tungiai through waivers and onto the practice squad than Calcaterra. So there's some strategy to it as well. But unless he gets hurt again, he's he's going to make this team, Grant Calcaterra. Well, talking about that strategy, Tuesday uh, is going to be that final cutdown day. And I know you guys have made a lot about uh, Deion Kane's chances here. So obviously – Jalen Rager brings a special teams element to it. And, you know, when you do this numbers crunch, typically you got 25 on offense, 25 on defense, three special teamers, and you start doing the math. Now, not only is he competing with Rager, though, when you start, will they carry a sixth wide receiver? Will they carry a fourth running back? Because Huntley also brings a special teams element. However, to your point you just made, you could probably get Huntley through waivers, uh, not so much with Deion Kane. You cut Deion Kane, there's a chance somebody signs him to the 53-man roster. What are you hearing? What are you projecting? Uh, I think a lot depends on what happens with Jalen Rager. Is he here? Is he not here? Um, that if, if they're able to move him and there is consistent talk, I mean, everybody's trying to get something done here. Um, if he's here, he's going to make the team. The Eagles aren't cutting him. Um, and that also means he's the likely punt returner. 
probably the kickoff returner. A little less likely there, but probably. Um, if he's not here, that opens up all kinds of doors. I think the, all, the Eagles also are very strong on the offensive line, obviously. Very strong on the defensive line. There might be some shorting of people always get real hyped up about the initial 53. They call it the final 53. I call it the initial 53 <laughs> because there's a lot of movement in the ensuing days. Agreed. So you mentioned running back, Rick. They can get Jason Hunt, Huntley through waivers. So even if they want him to be the kick returner, they can they can keep an offensive lineman on the 53, maybe. Um, they go short at running back to start. Then a couple of weeks later, if they need one, they just bring him up off, off the practice squad because the practice squad is expanded to 16. You can have six veterans on there. There's a lot more strategy involved. Uh, quarterback, are they going to keep Reed Sinet uh, as the third quarterback? They can probably get him through waivers. You know, there's the conspiracy theorists that think they're hiding Carson Strong. I got to tell you, if they're hiding Carson Strong, they're doing the best job ever. They don't even give him reps. They just want him to play this game on Saturday. That's it. And then, uh, you know, because the practice squad is so deep, who knows from there. But um, So they might go short at, at, at quarterback. They might go short at wide receiver. Um, here, The problem with Deion Kane is if you're going to be the fifth or sixth wide receiver on a team, you got to help on special teams. And he doesn't do anything on special teams. He's not a returner. Uh, he's not a coverage guy. So I don't know how you finagle that, to be honest. Um, now, if he's a meaningful part, and, and by meaningful part, I use Jalen Rager's role, and I know fans are going to roll their eyes, but you don't want to talk about injuries, but if, if, if you have injuries to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, you'd much rather have Deion Keene around than some Britton Covey-type returner, Britton Covey. Um, so it's difficult. It's a difficult decision. They would like to keep Deion around, but I, I don't know how they can keep him on the 53 with no real value special teams. Hi, Johnny Mac. Uh, I know the coach spoke yesterday, and – Man, he was effusive in his praise of Jalen Hurts at the uh, joint practice with the <laughs> Dolphins the day before. Yeah, Best practice Jalen has had in two years. That Best practice good. ever. Did yeah, did that he... was that was football speak right there. You know what it was? I was, you know, I was. We all kind of went, "What are you talking about, dude?" And then when I went through, I parsed through the transcript, and I, all right, it made a little bit more sense to me. Um, I think he was talking from a coaching standpoint. Like I, I, I mean, I think he threw the football once more than 15 yards in that entire practice. So, you know, Jalen's a guy who makes a lot of splash plays at times, um, and. Wednesday was pretty nondescript. Um, a lot of checkdowns, um, a lot of underneath stuff. And if you go through Nick's uh, transcript, he talks about decision making, talks about going to the right spot. So I think from a coaching standpoint, he was excited that, all right, Miami's taking this away, this away. You check it down. 
And in the past, maybe he would try to force the football or try to do some things that he wouldn't want to do. And from a coaching standpoint, that was really exciting for Nick. Um, but best practice ever. I mean, you know, what do you, what, so from a, from a technical standpoint of going where you're supposed to go with the football, maybe he had a good practice from a splash standpoint, which is what fans like, and they want to see big plays. I mean, there was one big play and that was Devonte Smith coming back for an underthrown ball, um, which wasn't even a good throw. So that's why we were all kind of looking at Nick, like, what are you doing, buddy? The heat that's hot here, but come yeah, on. The heat may have gotten to him, which by the way, did he get around to issuing an opinion on Tua Tungabaloa? Because if that's the greatest practice Jalen Hurts has ever had, <laughs> yeah, who must boy, be ready for MVP status? Your boy had a field day uh, throwing to Tyreek Hill. You know, it was early. I got a couple minutes with JG before practice. He was he was upset with how the Eagles came out um, at first. Um and then he, he said they calmed down and everything was fine. But they were they were letting Tyreek run free. He was like a wild horse running in the range. I mean, there was nothing. They just had their zone, their their cover two look and quarters. He's just running right through it. And you know, Tua and Jalen Hurts, we, we always talk about they're so, you know, we know from Alabama why they're uh connected, but they're also at the professional level. They're in the same spot of their careers. They've been given all these playmakers. They have, you know, the Eagles have this great offensive line. The Dolphins finally addressed theirs with Teron Armstead and, and Connor Williams, and they're going to be better. They have good defenses um, on paper, at least. Um, they're both in the same spot, and they both need to prove they could be longtime starters in their respective cities. Um and they're both very similar players. Like, Tua's very effective when he's throwing to open receivers. And Tyreek Hill running open. A very effective, very competent, throwing, slinging the football. And so is Jalen Hurts when A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard are open. Very effective. Um, that, that mentality of throwing receivers open that the great quarterbacks in this league were known for for many, many years. The, you know, the Brady still, uh, the Peyton Mannings going all the way back to, you know, Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers, those types of quarterbacks that we've seen recently who could throw receivers open in these tight windows. They're not good with that, either of them. So it's going to be interesting to see which one can develop a little bit more when it comes to that aspect of the game. And it's it's fascinating to see where they both are in the same spot after all they went through in college together. All right. Well, since we went down the Dolphins path, let, let me ask you, Johnny Mac, because it's a small sample size, but you're down there uh, rubbing elbows with some of the Dolphins beat reporters. And you just mentioned, you know, Tua and, and Tyreek Hill were basically playing pitch and catch out there. Was that because of the mastermind head coach, Mikey McDaniel? Uh, and what do you take from the consensus of Mike McDaniel, who uh, is new, the new mysterious man of the NFL here? Well, I, I think, you know, 
No, I mean, the Eagles weren't game planning for the Dolphins and, and vice versa. The Dolphins weren't game planning for the Eagles. So you're just running your stuff and practice and the Eagles had a bad day. And, you know, as I said, JJ was pretty upset with the secondary early uh, for not doing what they were supposed to do in, in zone coverage. Um, so I don't think it was Mike McDaniel running up plays. I mean, he's not he's not. He, he understands you don't want to do that in practice. There's always uncertainty uh, with any um, rookie head coach. He, he wants to bring the San Francisco running game to Miami. That's what the Dolphins reporters tell me. And they've gotten better on the offensive line. Armstead is great when he's healthy. Great. Um, but I don't know if they have the running backs to do it. I don't, I don't know if they have the talent to do it. Tyreek will help there if they could use him, you know, not like Debo Samuel, but in the same way creating motion that you saw in San Francisco, he can stretch you vertically and horizontally, scare the living you-know-what's out of you. Um, so we'll see from that aspect. I know a bunch of people are concerned uh, about the defense, but that's more to do with it seems like everybody had a ton of respect Brian Flores down here as an X's and O's as a scheme guy defensively. So they kind of think they're going to take a step back. I got to tell you, Jalen Phillips, though, he looks like a handful. Um, and I didn't see that coming. I, I thought he was kind of overdrafted last year a little bit. You, you can talk to that, Rick. But he ended up having, I think, eight and a half sacks. He looks like he's going to be a double-digit guy if he's – healthy pretty consistently um they have a lot of talent the dolphins and it's not a surprise to me that the eagles lost their first joint practice uh because they have a, they have a lot of talent johnny mac uh what are we gonna see out of innovative jonathan gannon's scheme this weekend oh will, will we see anything innovative on the defensive side by, by the way I have that on good authority, zip. And when I say good authority, the best authority they could be, absolutely nothing. If vanilla had a flavor that was more vanilla than vanilla, that's what the Eagles defense is going to be against the Dolphins. Zip. Well, then, then here's the follow-up question. Week stuff. one against the Lions, projecting ahead. What innovative changes are the Eagles going to be making on defense under Jonathan Gannon's reign? Uh, they're going to play the same defense they played last year, but they have better players. Um, and, you know, they're playing – Vic Fangio was down here again, by the way. Uh, they're playing Vic Fangio's defense, as as is half the stinking league. Um, and um, they're going to play – that five-two overhang and in in obvious running situations, and and they're going to go to more of that uh, forty front uh, when they need a pass rush. Uh, they're going to play a lot of cover two looks to start, and they're going to spin it off to quarters coverage and everything Big Fangio does. And they're trying to to hold things to the last second to confuse uh, the quarterback when it comes to coverage. Um. They have great corners um, when they're healthy, and they better stay healthy because the second-team corners are a big, big drop-off. I'm starting to think, Jody, you and I have talked a lot 
the biggest drop off to me is still tight end from Dallas Goddard to Jack Stoll. But from James Bradbury to Zach McPherson, that is pretty significant. Pretty significant. So you need Slay, Bradbury, and Avante Maddox out there. And if they're out there. Let me let me hop in here, Ricky, and I apologize for jumping in. All good. Um Slay. Got beat pretty good a couple of times by Tyreek Hill in the practice the other day. <laughs> yeah, he did. Gets a little bit of a limp involved. Goes back, yeah. plays maybe one more snap, and then comes off the field. His idea, the coordinator's idea, the team doctor's idea, because he's back out there practice yesterday, picked off Jalen yeah. Hurts. I guess Jalen didn't have as good a practice yesterday as he did in the uh, joint practice against the Dolphins. Whose idea was it for Slay to go off the field on Wednesday? Well, he, he he first got hurt in individuals right at the start of practice. He he stayed in for a while. Then he got beat again in team drills, and he he took himself out. He waved uh, um, Mac, Mac McCain on the field, um, and then Kerry Benson took the first team snaps the rest of the day. Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of it was really hot. I don't want to chase Tyreek Hill anymore. <laughs> and, you know, when he was back yesterday, uh, completely healthy, you know, that kind of uh, <laughs> buoyed my thought process that that's the way it went. Yeah. Look, you know, I wouldn't get too – Tyreek Hill is different. There's not a lot of teams that have Tyreek Hill, so I don't think you have to worry about it too much. But, yeah, it was not fun for Darius or the Eagles defense. All right. Well, we, we know about the vanilla Eagles defense on Wednesday. We uh, shredded the vanilla Eagles offense. And, and uh, I know Jody wanted the offense to be a little bit more creative here. And I saw yesterday or, or the day before uh, I was reading a report, there was kind of a, a little uh, shovel pass there to Dallas Goddard, who came down the line, maybe get him the ball in open space. Is that a new wrinkle? Are we going to see more tricanery? D- Doug Peterson liked to throw in the occasional uh, trick play. Will Sariani yeah. open things up a little bit more here in season two? Yeah, he's run the uh, uh, the shovel screen a couple times. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jody knows that they don't use motion. Nick doesn't use motion. They did use motion. Uh, they they had a um, 45 seconds left down eight at the 25 yard line. So you got to score a touchdown um, and you got to get a two point conversion. The second team converted a two point conversion by putting John Hightower in motion and just letting him run, um, getting that little advantage uh, uh, run to the corner of the end zone. It was successful. Um but Jody and I have talked about this a lot. Nick didn't use a lot of motion. I think a lot of people blamed him. Oh, he's got a young quarterback. It's got nothing to do with the young quarterback. He doesn't like motion. He, he just doesn't. He, you know, and 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 with the Chargers, they didn't use motion. Um, in Indy, they didn't use motion, and they had Philip Rivers, you know, smartest guy, you know, this side of um, Harvard or MIT, according to uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. So. Um, they just don't like motion. And he says, I'm not going to motion just for the sake of motioning. So, look, I think they're going to out-talent people a lot. But if people are looking for Sean McVay stuff or Andy Reid stuff, yeah, you might see the occasional 
shovel screen, but there's not going to be a ton of motion. All right, Johnny Mac. Uh, we got the game on Saturday. Guys will be playing for that spot on the 53-man roster. Where's the closest battle? Where is the last roster spot, last three, however many you want to, however big you want to make the debatable group uh, to be? Where are the spots where a guy is going to make it because of the way he plays Saturday? A guy is going to get cut because of the way he plays Saturday. Backup safety. that That's the one position where I don't know what they're going to do. That's where Bo's probably going to beat me. Uh, you know, I don't have a handle on what the heck they're doing at safety. Um, and I, I don't have a handle because I don't think they have a handle. Uh, if, if Tart if Tart gets 15 snaps, does that mean he's got the team made, or does that mean they've already made the decision they're going in another direction? It's a good question. Um, you know, I thought it was positive. You know, Josiah Scott's been injured now, um, and I think he's got the team made um, as the third safety. Um and then you start talking about who's who's number four. And is it Kayvon Wallace? Is it Tart? Is it uh, um, Reed Blankenship even who continues to make some plays, made a play again yesterday? Um, Ugo Amadi, we hardly knew you. See you. <laughs> he was here for nine days in three different <laughs> cities. He, he, he doesn't know where he is, Ugo, poor Ugo. Yeah. Um, but he never played safety anyway. They, they, the, the few days they did have him, he was playing nickel and, uh, you know, special teams. Um, you know, to me, why would you keep Tart as a force safety? doesn't make any sense to me. S similar to what I said to Rick about Deion Kane, he's not going to help you on special teams, whereas a Kayvon Wallace or a Reed Blankenship can help you there. Um you also have to figure in Andre Sachere, uh, who plays both safety and, and nickel. Um, so that that is the most difficult spot. And could somebody like Reed Blankenship make the team? You, you know how they are with undrafted free agents. Look, look at who I found. Look, look, look at Reed Blankenship. Always one's going to make it. You know that. Now, I think that's going to be Josh Job. Uh, but, you know, if you could even say, hey, look, I found two guys. Um, so and Josh is hurt as well. So things are getting a little bit more complicated in the secondary. But I do get a feeling that Josh Job has kind of made this team as long as he's healthy. You know, that's, you know, you great minds think alike. That was good, where I was going to go with uh, my next question. But since you answered that. I guess, how is the quarterback breakdown going to play out here against the Dolphins? Uh, will Reed Sinet play the first half and Carson Strong plays the second half, or will that be determined, or how do you kind of see? And also, are you concerned if they did trade a Gardner Menchie? Is Reed Sinet ready to be that backup guy, do you think? No, no, they're not going to trade Gardner. I mean, unless they get no, I I don't even think they're even considering it now because Reed Sinet is he's a lot better than Carson Strong, uh, and he's probably closer to Gardner than Carson is to him. But he's not close to Gardner. 
Um, the Eagles would not feel comfortable with Reed Sinet as the backup quarterback. Um, so it's the 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 boat has left the dock on a Gardner Minshew trade. Now you know unless an injury happens, though. Yeah, if an injury happens, somebody gets Rick Spielman desperate. I hate to pick on Rick, but <laughs> I, I saw him this weekend. So, um, but I can't imagine anybody giving a second round pick for Gardner Minshew. They'd have to seriously consider that. But even even in that weird instance, but I, I don't. I don't know if they can do it. They think they're a significant contender and they can't, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, is young and healthy and, and, and tough, but you, you need that contingency and nobody values the backup quarterback position more than this team. So I, I think it's very unlikely they would trade Gardner Minshew. Um, as far as the playing time, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Gardner in bubble wrap, but you might see a little cameo, like a series or 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 two, and then it'll be mostly Reed's in it, and then they'll finish up with Carson Strong. Um, I think the only reason Carson's still here is because you need somebody for the preseason game, to be honest, in case Reed's in it gets hurt, because you don't want to bring Gardner Minshew back in. They might That's not it. even dress him. To be Does honest. the net make the fifty-three man? Do you think it kind of depends uh, uh, if how he thinks he can get him through waivers? I think if they can get him through waivers, if if he thinks he can get him through waivers, and a lot of it might come down to that preseason game because if he goes nuts and throws for three touchdowns, four touchdowns, which I don't think it's going to happen, then maybe somebody across the league says, "Oh, this guy's got some upside," and. There's some bad quarterback situations. That's why Nick Mullins got traded. Um, you know, there's some bad backup quarterback situations around there, around this league. So kind of depends on what happens. But if he thinks he can get them through the practice squad, yeah, they would want that roster spot for to keep an extra D lineman or something of that nature. Because they have a lot of gaps on the D line. I think he could throw six touchdowns this week and reach the nets. Not going to make the uh, 53, uh, but I'm I'm with you 100% on Gardner Minshew. He's borderline untradeable at this point. Yeah, He's an yeah. almost untouchable at this point. I, I think they might even turn down a second-round pick. Hmm. When you attach that one to it, it gets a little thin. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure you. they do it for one either. Not, you got me. I was going to say no. I thought you were going to go two. I was going to say nope. It's not no chance, and then you put the conditional one on yeah, there. The one, the one is gonna, it, it. it will make Howie at least pause. Yeah. And oh, by the way, neither one of those things are happening. Um, last thing, we got now 15 days after the game tomorrow uh, before the Eagles play their first game. Enough time for Devonta Smith? Can he find the time to shoot a Wawa commercial and make sure he doesn't have to pay? For I think he was for shooting next, a Wawa for the rest commercial. of his life. After he does the I love Wawa Hogan commercials? I think he was shooting a Wawa commercial. I think that was the shoot. They just go uh, ahead and use that. They don't have yeah. to put him in front of a Wawa yeah. anywhere. Well, you know, Wawa, I'm, I'm, you know, people are conspiracy theorists, so they think the Eagles are hiding Carson Strong, for instance. Well, I'm a conspiracy theorist on that kind of stuff. Wawa is an Eagles sponsor, so come on. You know, Devontae's 100 and. 66 pounds. He's not eating a hoagie every day. I mean, that's what he said, Johnny Mac. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I take everything. And, 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 and you know, I think, 
our, our buddy Mike Sielski is the opposite of a Wawa lover. Uh, he he made a little uh, quip about it, but um, yeah, I'm waiting for him to talk about Pat or Gino's and all the uh, people get excited about that. But hey, as long as Devonte, he says he's 170 now, so as long as he stays healthy, um, yeah, he can he can eat whatever he wants. Wawa keeps you healthy. I'm with Devonta on this one. Uh, J Mac, good stuff. Uh, enjoy your day off. Um, back here Monday. Looking forward to it. We'll be getting that much closer to kickoff. Uh, see you Monday, buddy. All right. Thanks. And con- congrats, Rick Saratella. The new show starts Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, John. Appreciate that, man. I have to pop you on and safe travels back home. All right. Thanks, guys. Johnny Mac here with us on uh, Birds 365, giving us the Miami input. He got a day off today. Good for him. And then, uh, of course, the final preseason game. Eagles and Dolphins on Saturday. Rick Saratella in for Johnny Mac today with me, Jody Mac. Come back. Got a couple more things to run by Rick, and then we have a good guest joining us now in uh, just over 10 minutes from now. Uh, Shield Kapadia, who you guys know, covered the Eagles for varying outlets, jumped over to cover the entire NFL for the Athletic, now doing it for the Ringer these days. And if you are uh, a fan of the Ringer, then you got to read Shields' article about Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think he's got a good, as good a grasp as anybody in the country on where the Eagles sit with their quarterback. Shield Capati is going to jump aboard about 10 minutes from now here on Birds 365. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
You got Jody McDonald the Rick Saratella here with you on Birds 365. Johnny Mac does bid us adieu uh, down in Miami covering the Eagles and the Dolphins. Now preseason game, only had one joint practice, stomach flu for the Dolphins. It'd be interesting to see how many Dolphin guys played. Um, McDaniel, their coach, wasn't really committal as to how much he was going to play his starters in their final preseason game, if at all. Uh, so we probably won't know until kickoff. Uh, as to how they're uh, planning to play it and what kind of test the Eagles will get. Uh, it's not really a test that you're going to change your opinion on as how good a season the Eagles are going to have, but it'll be a test for some guys to make or not make the 54 man, 53 man roster. And as Johnny Mac said, there's one thing JM and I uh, very much agree on. It's the original 53-man roster because uh, Ricky is the guy who follows this stuff. I know you do because you got a bunch of guys you root for and who's going to make it and guys you spend time with in the draft process and the like. Just because you get cut doesn't mean you're not going to be on a roster because another team may jump out and grab you. Who's going to get the chance on the practice squad? Line? Oh, it's just completely moving pieces from Tuesday on. And then, oh, by the way, they've got – 11 days until the kickoff. All right, only nine for the Thursday night game. But then thereafter, oh, there's a lot of movement in the National Football League. And guys are added and subtracted. And they're in and they're out. And It's it's a mayhem starting Tuesday for all these NFL guys who are not locked in, unquestioned, got guaranteed money coming their way type players on NFL squads. Yeah, I mean, you could take a look at the week one roster and then go find the week 17 roster and, and or week 18 roster these days, whatever it is, and uh, 30% of that roster will look different. And it's really, I think it's, I like them expanding the uh, practice squad and keeping it 16 because it's really the 69-man roster. And a lot of guys, uh, you know, on that practice squad, I would imagine uh, at least, you know, 10 of those 16 are probably going to be guys who are here with the Eagles in camp. But, you know, like you said earlier, Jody, to, to the point of uh, Josh Sills, like you're auditioning for the other 31 as oh, well. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that's what this final preseason week is for is, hey, if I'm not good enough to make this team, I'm going to go show one of the other 31 that I am. And that's why, I mean, I'm probably in the minority here, but I love me some preseason football. I love me. Uh, this final week of the season, because it is a lot of undrafted free agent late round guys. And, you know, you might not see some of these guys for the rest of the year. So this is where you kind of find out what they're made of. All right. We got a couple minutes uh, before Reggio Kabadi is supposed to jump in with us. Uh, and I do have a uh, NFL question, just overall, not Eagles related uh, for you, uh, Ricky. The quarterback situation in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin has not made a commitment yet. Kenny Pickett has fought his way into the conversation, which Mitch Trubisky's job to lose. And oh, by the way, Trubisky's not been bad. It's not like he's been shaky and they go, oh, maybe he's... No, he's been good. It's just Pickett's been a little bit better. And even my guy Mason Rudolph, who I love coming out of the draft two years ago, has been pretty damn good. The Steeler quarterback play has been good this preseason. How's it going to shake out when uh, Tuesday comes along? We know none of them are getting cut, but at some point, Mike Tomlin has to name a starting quarterback, right? Yeah, and, you know, all signs indicate Mitchell Trubisky will be that guy, and I'm never going to question a head coach who's never had a losing record, right? But if it's me, I'm rolling the dice with the gamer. I mean, I like what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. I'm looking long-term at this thing, and – I know that I think they've got a week nine bye, which is a great kind of, 
midway evaluation point. Like, Hey, if you have a losing record, it's time to make the switch. But to me, I throw Pickett in there, let him get a little baptism by fire. Uh, the thing that stands out to me, not only has he been efficient, I've been very pleasantly surprised and he did it at Pitt, but I've been very pleasantly surprised what he's done on the run and moving around and picking up first downs with his feet when he had to. But the thing that really stands out to me is the way the players gravitate towards this guy. I mean, you could just see the players are playing harder for him. There's an excitement when he comes into the game. I think you get a rally of the troops when you put in Kenny Pickett, whereas Mitchell Trubisky, I know what I got there. I mean, I can always go back to Mitchell Trubisky, but I think in Mike Tomlin's head, this team is still built to win now. So he's going to go with that veteran experienced guy until, you know, it's not a viable option. And, you know, listen, I can understand that logic, but to me, with so many rookies playing right away, Kenny Pickett's 25 years old. There's a reason why he was the first quarterback taken because he was the most game ready. I say, why not throw him in there and let it ride? Speaking of veteran quarterbacks, uh, I I forgot that the first ever Amazon broadcast was coming down last night. I missed the pregame show. I did flip it out at one point. Nice to hear Al Michaels' voice again. And I think Kirk Herbstreet's actually going to be pretty good doing NFL games. Uh, but I did catch a little bit of that. But I also did see an interview after the fact of John Lynch, general manager of the 49ers. And he's, again, trying to suck people in. Jimmy G, we're happy to have him, a veteran. They, they've been attempting to trade him for six months, and nothing's happened. And, and I will give them at least some slack because Garoppolo's been hurt, and he hasn't been able to get out there and, and do anything on the football field. So teams weren't going to probably ask, meet their asking price because they wanted to see the merchandise, and that just hasn't been the case. How's this all going to shake out in the next 10 days? The owner comes out and says, oh, we love to keep Jimmy G. Really? You're going to have Trey Lance going out there. And, oh, by the way, I saw, saw a little Lance play last night. Didn't wow me by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's playoff leading a team to a playoff spot ready. How do you not have a quarterback controversy in San Francisco if they don't trade Jimmy G in the next 10 days? Yeah, I mean, that, that decision has to come by that time frame because I don't know how you keep a guy around who's not allowed in the quarterback room. He's not allowed on the practice field. He kind of sits in this, you know, when, when, when the team is in film room, he's out on the side field practicing when the team's out in practice, he's in the facility getting work in. So I don't know how you go back to a guy like that. I, I, I get, I think, you know, San Francisco's playing the waiting game out and they're hoping that a team gets desperate or they're hoping that a quarterback goes down or, uh, you know, Drew Locke had the uh, COVID and missed the start, and maybe they're waiting for Geno Smith to fall on his face here in this final preseason game. But at the end of the day, you look around the league, how many takers are there going to be? I think a $28 million contract for a guy that's coming off his shoulder surgery on his throwing arm. I think ultimately at the end of the day, you got to cut your losses and move on, and, and Jimmy G will hit free agency. And, you know, at that point, you missed all the training camp. You don't know the playbook. Any team who signs them is going to have to get them up to speed. It's going to take at least, I don't care how smart you are, at least a, a, a month or two to learn the playbook. And I thought um, the Kyle Shanahan record with and without Jimmy G, this is going to be a big year because 
the 49ers have gone into the playoffs two years and and one run i think they made it to the super bowl another run they made it to the nfc championship but the other uh four seasons i don't think they even made the playoffs so i think it's a big year to see you know just how smart this kyle shanahan is and uh, i i'm a shanahan fan not as big as john is he he talks in glowing terms like shanahan might be the best coach in the entire nfl not sure gonna go that high but I'm I'm a Jimmy G guy. The I want to see him land somewhere. I want to see him get up to speed as quickly as possible. I want to see him win some games for somebody else because I think he's good. Not great. Not a top ten. May not even be a top half quarterback in the league. But he's a quarterback you can win with if you have all those other pieces. And oh, by the way, San Francisco did. Next place he goes, chances are it's going to be a bad team because they're going to be grasping for him, and they will have. No quarterback continuity. I, I I have a little bit of an inkling that Jimmy G is actually going to surprise some people. He may be a guy who plays real well with a chip on his shoulder. And he's going to have that if San Francisco cuts him because it's not guaranteed money. So he's going to have to take whatever he gets. But he is going to be able to pick and choose his uh, destination as to uh, where he's going to play next. I do not believe that uh, the 49ers are going to be able to trade. No team's going to take them on, as you said, for 20-something million. They're going to wait the 49ers out and the 49ers. I think they have to cut them. I don't see how they could possibly keep them on the roster. I All right, uh, Rick Saratella in for John McMullen with me today here on Birds 365. When we come back, doing it these days for the ringer, national football writer, Chiel Capadia is going to jump aboard Birds 365. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Getting aboard here on Birds 365. You got Jordan McDonald, Rick Saratella in for John McMullen, and Gio Cabadia of The Ringer. I, I've been doing interviews with you at ESPN and uh, The Athletic and The Ringer. Well, these, these outlets keep grabbing him because he's as good at what he does uh, <laughs> as he is. And we appreciate him coming aboard with us uh, today. How things at The Ringer, Shield? Everything is good, guys. Thanks for having me a few weeks in, and uh, I'm ready for the preseason to be over. I feel like I formulated all my opinions for the season, so l- let's just get week one here already. Well, yeah, forming opinions is something uh, that you have done on the ringer. I've, I've checked out some of your recent work. I know Jody's going to go down the, the Jalen Hurts path here in just a second, but uh, I think I saw you do a defensive rankings unit piece, and – you not only did not, you not only have the Eagles not in the top ten defensive units, you had them down at fifteen, and it does not sound like you're a very big fan of Jonathan Gannon. I, I'm sort of just in believe it when I see it mode. You know, I, I didn't like what I saw last year from this Eagles defense. I thought it was really tough to watch. I think a lot of their uh, statistics were juiced by going up against guys like uh, Jake Fromm and Trevor Simeon. I mean, they were five or six quarterbacks that, uh, you know, okay, you hold those guys in check. And then anytime you face a quarterback that's even competent or good, the defense looks like a disaster. I mean, they're giving up 70% completions to opponents is the worst mark by any defense in the last two years. So that's not my brand of defense. Uh, Aesthetically, you know, I I like a more attacking, uh, making the quarterback feel like they're under duress. I don't think they did that enough. And so uh, I look at the pieces, like if you if you wanted me to rank them just talent-wise, I think they are a top 10 unit. You know, I think Howie Roseman did a good job adding talent. I think they're deep on the defensive line. They don't have a, a ton of holes. They have some. It's not a perfect roster, but uh, I believe in the talent. I just kind of need to see that they're going to figure out how to put that talent in the best position to succeed. Yeah, Reddick, White. Uh, and Bradbury are three pretty significant upgrades. So we should expect more out of the defense this year. Uh, as Ricky uh, previewed, yeah, I want to get to Jalen Hurts. Uh, great article that you wrote, one of the first that uh, uh, Shield has put out there for Eagle fans. He's going to be covering the entire league. But about the future of the Philadelphia Eagles and the future of Jalen Hurts, uh, I appreciated it greatly because you see it the same way I do. It's all TBD to be determined. Can go any way. It could be that Jalen Hurts is great and they sign their quarterback and they're set forever. It could be that he takes a step backwards and they go, uh oh, how many first round draft picks? We may need another one if we're going to get the quarterback we want. Or it could land somewhere in the middle. And that's kind of where I came out of last year. And if I were guessing or predicting, that's probably where I'm going to come out again this year. 
your uh, entire uh, staff has been looking to identify teams that are all in this year. Are the Eagles truly all in on Jalen Hurts for just this one year, Stu? Uh, for this year, yeah, but 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 that's it. And I think the big question that Eagles fans have is, you know, what what's going to happen beyond this year? Not that everyone's not excited to see what's going to happen here, but there's just a wide range of outcomes. You know, if you look at kind of the position every quarterback's in in the NFL, I don't know that there are like three, four, five that are in a, in a better position than Jalen Hurts. This, to me, is a top five offensive line, and not just the starters. You, I, to me, you always have to look at the depth with the offensive line because you're going to have injuries, especially when you have some older players. I mean, they're deep. They have probably three backups I look at uh, on this roster that could easily be starters for I don't know if half the team is teams in the league is aggressive, but at least, you know, eight to 10 teams, they would start on those teams right away. And so that depth is really important. The AJ Brown trade is a game changer. I, I mean, I can't emphasize enough to Eagles fans how much you're just going to be in love with this guy, uh, not only this year, but for years to come. I mean, this is somebody with like a Hall of Fame ceiling. And I, I think, you, you know, I don't use hyperbole that much, but when you're talking about a 24-year-old who's already an all-pro caliber player who has who, who can be even better uh, with the right quarterback play in the right situation uh, and just his brand of play, so physical. I mean, he's a guy who like, if, if you're going three and out for three straight possessions and the booze are raining down on the, on the link and the offense comes back out for the next possession, Nick, Nick Sirianni can just say, let's just dial up a little screen. Let's dial up a little slant to AJ Brown. He's going to shove a defender to the ground and take it 40 to 50 yards. And so him, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, just the pieces are in place for Jalen hurts. Like you, you will know, in my opinion, after this season, what kind of ceiling Jalen Hurts has because he could play another 10 years in the league and the pieces around him might not be as good as they are in this year, 2022. No, you make a lot of good points here, Shield. And uh, A.J. Brown is a man amongst boys, especially when you talk about run after the catch and what he could do. And um, I liken it. Uh, I think the Eagles can do a lot of slants and dinks and dunks and, and let these guys create after space. Now, uh, don't worry. I've rubbed my crystal ball here for you, and I've already projected out Jalen Hurts' season. And so – I'm looking at 3,500 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, probably another 10 rushing touchdowns, and he seems to make good decisions. And so you take a look around the league, some of these astronomical quarterback contracts being doled out. I mean, we just mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo's on the books for $28 million. I go back to the one that really raised my eyebrows and said, wow, we've entered a new millennium was the Kirk Cousins original deal. And, and I said, yeah. wow, what? They gave all that money to a mediocre quarterback. And so I think I think you could say that Hertz is slightly above mediocre, but he's probably in the middle of the pack. You know, there's if there's 32 starters, he's probably better than 15 of them. There's probably 15 guys better than him. I mean, what kind of money does that command on the open market, do you think? Well, it's like you said, you know, teams will overpay for quarterbacks. We see that year in and year out. And so I would agree with you. I think if you go based on last year, he's probably, you know, was in that 15 to 20 range in terms of starters. And so we'll see what kind of leap he's able to make this year. Uh, he's also a unique player in that there are some teams that will say, 
we're just not going to have our quarterback be a part of the run game. You know, there, there are other teams that say, sure, you know, Lamar Jackson, obviously even a guy like Josh Allen, you know, they use him in the run game, but there are other teams who would say, no, we're not going to pay a guy a lot of money and then have him be a part of the run game and expose himself potentially to injury. So I think that would probably shrink uh, what the appeal would be for sure. So, I mean, in, t- in terms of, Money, it's really hard to say because, you know, my whole thing right now is that teams should not overpay for competence at quarterback. You know, there's this sort of, there are the elite guys, the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I can probably name seven or eight guys who is just like, don't even worry about these are franchise guys. You don't have to worry about it. And then there's this wide middle tier, which I think is different than, 10, 15 years ago, where you would look at like six or seven teams every year and say, this team has no chance of even competing with this guy. Their quarterback situation is so bad. There's not a bunch of those teams anymore. I I mean, a lot of teams are at least able to get that mediocre quarterback play. So, uh, so much depends on how Hurts plays this season. I mean, if he balls out and this is a team that gets to the NFC championship, then all of a sudden you're talking about uh, crazy money in the mid 30 millions. But if he's kind of the same guy he was this year, then, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a different story. And of course he's still under contract uh, for another year beyond this season. So it's not like the Eagles would have to make a decision decision there next off season. Yeah. I've, I've said this, you know, and most people think I'm nuts. It's not impossible that he plays on the final year of his rookie deal. Everyone says, well, Larry, they'll make the call. Either you'll get the extension or they'll draft the quarterback in the uh, first couple picks. In the front. Or they could ride it out one more year. I still think that's a distinct possibility. Some people think I'm crazy, but uh, I hope I'm wrong and that he balls out and uh, that he get, they give him that 30 plus million that you're talking about. But if I were predicting and projecting, yeah, I think there's a real good chance he still lands in the middle. I need a projection from you. Year two of Nick Sirianni. You always expect everyone to get a little better. You get through your first year. You learn the lessons that you learn. You're better for it in year number two. Scale of one to ten, how sure are you that Sirianni will be better in year number two? And if so, what area do you think will see the most marked improvement? You know, I would probably say I I was pretty impressed with what he did in year one. You know, I was kind of skeptical when when they hired him, thinking, all right, this feels like you're settling on someone. It felt like they didn't have a great plan. They decided on Doug Peterson late, remember, and all of a sudden they're uh, entering the market late, and Nick Sirianni kind of comes out of nowhere. I remember they showed the one video uh, where he came to the facility, and he didn't even know if they had training camp there or elsewhere. They didn't get covered in the interview how extensive was this process, but I thought there were a lot of positive signs. You know, number one I look at is connecting with players. You know, I don't think you can have a Matt Patricia type coach in the NFL this year uh, where players are just miserable being there. And I think so that seems to me to be his biggest threat. That was only one year. So we'll see. But I think that was a positive. I think them changing the offense in the middle of the season, that's a big positive. I mean, that's hard to do to just completely change what you're going to do in whatever it was week eight or week nine. And then it being successful with the run heavy approach uh, that takes good coaching and whether that's him or his staff, that was a positive sign. And so those are the things I'm looking at where you say, okay, you know, may, maybe, you know, they're onto something and he is going to be a good coach going forward. But we do see it with other coaches in the NFL where year one, you know, Matt Nagy is, is a guy who comes to mind where after, I think he won coach of the year, year one in Chicago. And it was like, okay, they finally got something. And then he didn't kind of, you know, 
go go on that upward trajectory. So um, areas, you know, I, I thought he did. I, I really can't pinpoint one for you. You know, I, I thought he got the most out of his offensive talent. I thought his game management was pretty good. I think that's an area where probably they can improve uh, a little bit in terms of their game management. I think what you want to see is, is this guy a skilled quarterback developer? I mean, that is like invaluable in the NFL. If he's someone who you just say, regardless of what Jalen Hurts' ceiling is, we feel confident that Nick Sirianni is going to get him there. And so if Hurts makes that leap, then all of a sudden you can look at it and say, you, you might have uh, a special coach. And uh, if not, then you know, you're know you probably saying, all right, maybe he's good, but, but not one of these special guys who's going to be their coach for the next seven, eight, nine years. Well, he got off to a good start being the only rookie coach to take a team to the playoffs last year. And every co every uh, media member we've had on this show during my fill-in experience has either picked the Eagles or the Cowboys. I think there's a, a six-foot ditch in the Meadowlands already ready for the Giants. I haven't heard anybody actually go out on a limb and pick the commanders. Is, is this a two-horse race in the NFC East? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I just let, you know, I, I if, if you want to say it's wide open, that's fine. But I mean, I just think the the commander's thing is going to go horribly. I mean, I have no confidence at all that that is going to be a successful season. I wonder at this point next year, what we're talking about with Carson Wentz. I mean, is he a backup? Is he saying, all right, I've made my money. I have other interests in life. I mean, there's so many possibilities with Carson Wentz after this year. I just have a hard time thinking that it doesn't work with Doug Peterson. It doesn't work with Frank Reich. And now it's going to work with the most dysfunctional franchise uh, in the NFL. I mean, that is hard for me to believe. Maybe it'll be, ha maybe it'll happen and I'll be proven wrong, but I know I'm not going to go and predict that uh, the giants are just in complete rebuild mode. I mean, you look at that roster and if you told me every starter was going to stay healthy, I might be able to get to a, a spot where I say, okay, they're going to be a little bit of a surprise team, but they're so thin that roster that just a couple injuries, uh, they're going to be decimated there. And so I think it's a coaching upgrade because you can't really have a coaching downgrade after one year uh, of Joe Judge, with, with all due respect, of course, to Joe Judge. And so uh, I think they'll be better coached. I think they'll be more competent. I think they'll be more competitive, but the roster just isn't very good. And so, yeah, it comes down to the Cowboys and the Eagles for me. And I just look at those teams. They had totally opposite off seasons and they're kind of opposite in the way they're constructed. You know, if you put Dak Prescott on this Eagles team, now we're talking like among the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, in my opinion, on the short list, maybe the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, but they have Tyron Smith, their left tackle goes down. They get rid of Amari Cooper. Their wide receiver uh, group is a question mark. Their coaching is a question mark with Mike McCarthy. So the pieces around Prescott, you know, got worse. I don't think there's any way to argue against that. And so you look at that and then you look at Jalen Hurts. Well, we have some questions about Jalen Hurts, but the pieces around him uh, are so good. So it's going to be that conversation. You know, how much can a quarterback lift everyone around him? How much can the pieces around a quarterback lift him up? Those are kind of the two conversations with those two teams. Shiel, uh, you're lucky enough to get one of my famed hypothetical questions. I love asking hypothetical <laughs> questions. They're completely unfair, but they uh, make you think a little bit. And oh, by the way, let me get on the record saying, I don't think this is going to happen, but I have to at least admit it could possibly happen. Eagles want to throw the football more this year. I think anyone who argues that is just being silly and ridiculous. You don't pay A.J. Brown what you paid A.J. Brown to come in and uh, run the football the way they did in the second half of the season last year. So they're going to try and throw the football more this year. They should get out of the gate pretty well because the schedule dictates 
they've got four winnable games right there at the top before they have to face the Cardinals on the road and the Cowboys here. Then it even softens up again, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, uh, before you get to a real tough middle of the schedule, Indianapolis, Green Bay, and the like. How bad would the Eagles passing game have to be for last year to reiterate that they they say at some point, throw up their hands and go, we're better running the ball. We got maybe the best uh, run-blocking offensive line in National Football League. It got us to the playoffs last year. We got to make the playoffs again. Yeah, we got to do the same thing and go back to running it as much as we did last year. How bad would it have to be for the Eagles to go down that road? Yeah, I think they're probably going to settle in somewhere in between the t- the you know the balance we saw uh, or the imbalance we saw in the first half of last last season and then the way they played in the second half of last season. I don't think they're just going to go all the way to what they did in the first half of last season. That that would be a mistake, you know, that that would really be if you look at kind of the pass run ratio. I mean, they were up there with all these teams that had just unbelievable passing games and unbelievable no question about it uh quarterbacks where you say like like I always think you you know, a team like uh, a player like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever you you think the best quarterbacks are, like when they hand the ball off, defensive coordinators are all right. You know, they can exhale. That that's a win for them, even if it's a five yard run. You know, statistically, they're saying all right, you took the ball out of the quarterback's hands, and so they're obviously not in that category. And so I think you'll see them settle in somewhere in the middle of the league in terms of run pass balance. I mean, I think the run game still has to be a big part of what they do. And I'm usually kind of a, a, you know, you have to pass the football kind of guy, but you also have to know your personnel. And so you look at the offensive line, you look at the uh, issues that Jalen Hurts presents as a runner, whether they're going with option runs or designed runs. I mean, that puts a lot of stress on a defense. Those defenses don't see that every week. And so it makes the Eagles harder to game plan for and so uh, I'm not sure exactly you know how how to uh, answer your question I I agree with you they're definitely going to pass the football more than they did towards the end of last season I think they realize if they want to win big and if they want sustained success year over year the passing game has to take a big step forward and so uh, I think they will pass the football more and I think it would have to be you know they would have to be what three games under 500, the offense not working for them to say, all right, we're just going to totally shift it and do what we did last year. Uh, I don't foresee that happening. Shield, not many uh, starting spots up for grabs here on this Eagles team, but uh, Jalen Rager has been a lightning rod here. we got one more preseason game to go. I know a lot of the uh, folks in the chat room here are ready to ship them off. Now, Denzel Mims from the Jets, high second-round pick, came out with a trade request yesterday. I know Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there on the free agent market. Can the Eagles even fetch anything for a Jalen Rager at this stage of the game, and how does this ultimately play out, do you think? I would, I would be shocked. I mean, he just hasn't done anything. He's been one of the least efficient wide receivers who's – actually been on the field in the NFL. And so um, can they get anything? I mean, it would almost have to be like that JJ Ortega Whiteside trade where another team saying, Hey, we're just, we're done with this guy. You're done with that guy. Do you want to just swap them and see, you know, maybe it's somebody you like during the pre-draft process and a trade like that. But beyond that, no, I mean, no one's going to trade any, you know, any type of draft capital. Maybe it's a, a seventh and a sixth round pick swap, which which teams are, you know, doing now something like that. 
maybe, but even that, uh, I mean, I, I would find that hard to believe, especially if a team thinks that the Eagles are done with him and they're going to release him. And so, you know, I, I kind of think he's going to just stick on the roster at least to start the season and then see how things go with him. You know, all the reports, I've been to a handful of practices, um, but just kind of the, the beat guys who have been there every day seem to think he's at least, uh, you know, shown some improvement. When I was there, I, you know, I, I didn't notice a different player or anything like that. And I'm somebody who thought, you know, who liked him during the pre-draft process. And so, uh, but just what you've seen here over the past two years, usually it's highly unlikely that a guy has that kind of start to his career. And then all of a sudden uh, turns it around. Shield, three key free agents who the Eagles signed on the defensive side of the ball this year, all in different stages. Hassan Reddick, right as free agency starts, at least uh, going rate for a defensive pass rusher of his production, maybe even slightly above, but they addressed the need. They thought they needed to. Boom, Hassan White becomes an Eagle. Kazir White, a little further into free agency, most of the big names off the board, gets good money, not outrageous money, going to come in, going to start for the Eagles. And Bradbury, a guy who gets released by the Giants because of salary cap considerations, hits the open market, some teams with less flexibility, but his market ends up being something that almost anybody in the league could have gotten involved if they wanted to. He he signs pretty quickly after he gets a release with the Eagles. So they're all different. Uh, you look at the money, you look at the timing, but they're all keys to the Eagle defense this year. Who's the biggest key out of those three for you? Well, the, the, I, I was waiting to see how you framed that, Jody, because I was going to go with one guy, but you said the biggest key. The biggest key is probably Bradbury, just because of the lack of depth there, you know, at cornerback. I mean, I think that's one thing when you look at this Eagles defense. If they lose Slay or Bradbury for an extended period of time, now all of a sudden you're scrambling. I mean, I don't know who's, you know, who would step in and be the outside corner there, whether you'd have to make a move. And so, in terms of like who's most indispensable, it's probably Bradbury because you really need him to stay healthy there now who do I think is going to have the biggest impact or be the best player I would say Hassan Reddick and what I'm what I'm excited about with Reddick it goes back to the Gannon conversation sometimes there are players where depending on how they perform or how they're used you can tell a lot about the coordinator and I think Hassan Reddick is one of those players you know he was looked at as I don't necessarily want to say a bust in Arizona, but they were kind of changing him, switching him positions every year. They couldn't figure out his role. He's kind of a tweener. They were playing him at off-ball linebacker. Then they said, okay, this guy's better going forward, being aggressive, using his athleticism, getting after the passer, and he's a double-digit sack guy. And then he goes to Carolina, and the same thing. And so uh, I want to see, you know, like in week six, are you guys – you know, coming on here and saying, why did they drop Hassan Reddick into coverage on those, you know, three third downs yesterday instead of rushing the passer? Do they have any plan for this guy? Like, you know, that that's going to tell you a lot about the about Jonathan Gannon and does he know how to use his personnel the best? Because I do think Reddick is not the kind of guy who just line up a defensive end uh, every down and say, go get after the quarterback. You do have to scheme some stuff up for him at the same time. I don't want to see him going backwards on key third downs and key passing situations where you're trying to trick the quarterback. And all of a sudden you have this double digit sack guy who's not getting after the quarterback. And so to me, he's kind of the most interesting guy out of the group and potentially the most impactful guy. Cause we've seen it. He's been a double digit sack guy, what twice in his career. And he's, he certainly could be that here for the Eagles. Well, Shil, I know you got a heart out here and you got a boogie. Our guy tone behind the scenes says, 
uh, we got to get you out of here. So, hey, thanks for hopping on, enlightening conversation, and we'll do it again soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is Shield Kapadia of The Ringer. Unfortunately, as uh, Ricky just said, he's got to uh, uh, bounce. I did want to find out what he's going to be doing, how much of the coverage he's going to have for The Ringer this year. But, uh, if, again, if you haven't seen it, um, I, the reason that uh, I wanted to get Shield on was he and I see it so similarly. The whole Jalen Hurts, what he's going to do, what's possible to happen, where does this play from here? We come back, I'll get uh, Ricky on the record to look into his crystal ball. He said he's got the crystal ball. He told Shields he's got the crystal ball. So I'm going to make him look for me and give us a 17-game, 18-week projection of Jalen Hurts and what that means to the future of the Eagles uh, going forward into 2023. Sarah and McDonald here on Birds 365. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Jill Kapadia. Thank you very much for hopping on board. We're Rick Saratella and Jody McDonald uh, doing his writing these days for The Ringer. Jill's been one of my favorite Eagle guys for the last decade or so. He has jumped around to a guy. He keeps getting better gigs, so more power to him. It was good to uh, catch up with Jill Kapadia. All right, Saratella. One of the things I did ask Jill, because that uh, was the uh, background of the article that he wrote about where the Eagle quarterback situation can go from here. Uh, that they have made a commitment this year to Jalen Hurts, unquestioned. A hundred percent commitment, not even because they did try and get Russell Wilson, couldn't do it. They were interested in Deshaun Watson, didn't want to come here. Um, so when when they had other alternatives that they pursued, you could borderline say aggressively pursued, but pursued when they couldn't get that done, they turned back to Jalen and said, All right, you're our guy. And have done what's necessary to make Jalen Hurts' year easier and better by getting A.J. Brown and doing what they've done and and have given him uh, weapons to deal with. Where does this season go? Uh, It's kind of an overall legal prediction, but it's as much a Jalen Hurts prediction. Either A, he cracks the top 10 of quarterbacks, then it's unquestioned. He's getting a contract extension. He never sees the final year of his rookie deal. Yeah, he'll still play on it, but then the money will kick in the year after. Or the Eagles aren't as good as we think they are. I've got them right now as an 11-win team and would lean more to 12 than to 10. So those are my expectations. If they end up as an 8-9 and team, Chances are Jalen Hurts is not going to be good enough. He's going to be in the bottom third of quarterbacks in the NFL. And then, oh, yes, we're going to be looking for the next quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles somewhere else. Or there is the middle. Some people would call it the dreaded middle because we were in the middle going to this year. That's why the Eagles pursued other quarterbacks this year. Give us the Saratella prediction here. Is Jalen Hurts the unquestioned franchise quarterback going forward? 2023 and beyond is Jalen Hurts time as the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles over at the end of 2022 or are we still in the dreaded middle after 2022 where does Sarah Teller's crystal ball have Jalen Hurts after this season yeah there's a lot of different side streets we can drive down here but I think the expectation is this is a playoff team so anything short of that I think creates doubt. And so I agree with you. I think I have them at 11 wins. I'm probably closer to 10 than I am 12. Um, but I think it's a double digit win ball club. However, with that being said, this team's only going to go as far as Jalen hurts can steer them. He's still got to make some plays. And while he might not be uh, the guy that makes the wow throw or squeezes the ball and, and fits it into a tight window, he can, he, he can't make the wow throws, but he can make all the throws that he needs to to operate this offense. And so I see him improving that completion percentage and being a more accurate passer. I want to see him around 65% completion percentage. I'm not going to worry about how far he's throwing the ball downfield. As long as he gets the ball into the hands of his playmakers, I think 3,500 passing yards is very realistic. I think 25-plus touchdown passes – should be expected with, with with guys like Brown and Goddard and, and Devonta Smith, who, oh, by the way, had a rare drop yesterday in practice. But um, if this team stays healthy, he's going to account for 35 touchdowns. 
I think he does a great job of limiting the turnovers, whether that be uh, interceptions and, and fumbles. So at the end of the day, uh, I've got to go and, and find out who his agent is because it seems like Jalen would be a team player. How much of a team player and how much of a discount? I mean, look, at the end of the day, there's not an NFL team getting more bang for their buck than this Jalen Hurts salary. So how much of a team player is he willing to be? We got to find out who his agent is. Tone, maybe you can look that up for us. But I think that we we are talking about a contract extension. Uh, again, I said it the other day, I think somewhere around $35 million per year. That's the going rate for a non-superstar. And, hey, maybe he is. Maybe he's the highest-rated quarterback in the National Football League. All right. Now, now I wake up. Um, but <laughs> he can be a very good quarterback, and it's going to get him – 30 plus million. We'll just leave it at that for now. All right. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Ricky, again, I appreciate the fact that uh, you've got a national perspective as well. What the hell's going to happen in Baltimore? We've been playing this Lamar Jackson game now for months that he's his own. A- he, we're looking up Jalen Hurts' agent. I can tell you who uh, Lamar Jackson's agent is. Doesn't have one. His mom is his advisor. So, they haven't been able to get a deal done. He has come out and said, if we don't have one done by the first of the year, then I'm shutting down all talks. I'm going to concentrate on football once the season starts. It's not advantageous for either him or the team if he's playing without getting a contract extension done before this year. Is either side going to blink this upcoming week and, and really set down to get a deal done? Or are we going to be... Uh, looking over Jamar uh, Lamar's shoulder and the Ravens' shoulder all season long. I think the posturing has already begun. I think I saw the uh, Ravens' offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach already uh, heaping praise onto Tyler Huntley, the backup there, saying he can, without a doubt, be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And uh, my understanding is Lamar Jackson already turned down a contract offer that would have paid him more than Kyler Murray. And so with the salary cap expected to increase again next offseason, I think Lamar Jackson is probably looking, you know, people are, are, are ups in arms about 35 to 40 million for Hertz. I got news for you. Lamar Jackson's looking to become the first $50 million per year. Or maybe Aaron Rodgers already did that. Rodgers the only one, right. So, so I think Lamar Jackson's looking for that kind of money. And man, oh man, I mean, th- this was g- similar to what they were in with Flacco and, and Lamar Jackson. They didn't really want to, I mean, Flacco was at the tail end. They didn't want to pay him the money. They had this young up-and-comer. They rolled the dice with Jackson. It panned out. It panned out too good because now they're in a similar situation. Huntley played extremely well in limited action last season. And so the Ravens are going to have to either decide, are they are they all in on the Lamar Jackson uh, train or are they going to stick with Tyler Huntley? But to me personally, I mean, Hollywood Brown wanted out of there for a reason. They have no true number one receiver. I mean, all you had to do was just throw the ball, launch it as far as you can, let Hollywood Brown run underneath. They, he doesn't want to throw the ball downfield. I can't pay. I can't justify $50 million a year for a quarterback like that. And I saw Huntley do some things last year that also impressed me. But the bottom line is, in winning games. Uh, when Lamar went down, the Ravens lost out. So uh, the offense quarterback get up on soapbox and go, oh, he's a starting quarterback in the league. All right, well, that's that's what you're paid for is to have that kind of opinion. But 
then you can look it up and see they didn't win a game during the last month of the season and the Ravens didn't make the playoffs. So we can uh, take that with a grain of salt uh, when he decides. to. Nicole go. Lynn, by the way, is the agent for Jalen Hurts. And so um, she's, I believe, with Young Money um, Agency. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I don't think Jalen's taking a hometown discount. Will he sign for uh, market value, league value? Yeah, I think he'll do that. I don't think he's looking to get up and out of Philadelphia, but I don't know that uh, if he has a real good year, he's just going to say, yeah, Eagles, I'll take less than maybe something I could get elsewhere just because I love Philadelphia that much. I don't know that that's where he's at. He doesn't um, have the Tom Brady team mentality, Jody. Speaking of Tom Brady, he's back. Brady's back. Hadn't talked to the media just yet, but Brady may actually play in their final preseason game. I don't know if the Bucks are one of the NFL Network games. The NFL Network does a nice job putting a whole bunch of games up up at uh, preseason. But uh, we going to learn anything about Mr. Brady this weekend? Well, I don't know if we're going to learn anything. I think it's maybe just kick some rust off the tires there and get him get him ready for the scene. He did miss 10 games. And, you know, our buddy Shield that we just had on, the two teams we just mentioned, we talked about his defensive rankings poll. He had the Ravens number one and he had the Bucks number two. And I'm not sure uh, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid because I don't know. This, this Bucks team doesn't feel the same to me. I understand Todd Bowles is a great defensive uh, coach, but now he's the head coach, and I've seen Todd Bowles in that capacity before. Unfortunately, with the New York Jets, this you want to talk about vanilla and bland. I mean, go listen to a Todd Bowles uh, uh, press conference after the game. You can't tell if they won by twenty or lost by twenty, and how much of a ripple effect does that have on the team? I don't know, but you look around the supporting cast; um, it, it's not the same, and. I don't know. I, I think the Bucks will be in it because I'm never going to count out Tom Brady, right? But at some point, 45 years old, uh, when when does that uh, regression begin? And what was the 10-day hiatus about? Was he contemplating things? I mean, you know, when when you think about retirement, Jody, you know the old saying, you're you're already there. And so I'm not as high on the Bucks as a lot of people are. I think they're right there. I think the Eagles are right there with Tampa Bay, personally. Um. Uh leaning toward the Bills defense with the addition of Mr. Miller getting to the quarterback as being potentially one of the best defenses yeah. in the NFL. And that's why they're the favorite right now to, to win it all. I, I ran this by uh, Johnny Mack. Let me get it by you as well. Uh, since we only got a couple minutes left and the Eagles and Dolphins do battle on Saturday in the final preseason game, which are the guys you're zero in and on? Because they're sitting on that uh, cutting room floor edge of making the 53 could be practice squad fodder. If they don't make the 53, are there a couple of guys when you tune into the Eagle game on uh, Saturday, you'll specifically be trying to zone in on because could be make or break for them on either the Eagles roster or some other teams roster. Yeah, I like this Mac McCain. I know he's had his share of ups and downs from NCANT, kind of a small school kid that's made a little bit of a name for himself. And he's outlasted some of the others. We've seen uh, Jimmy Moreland come and go. We've seen Joshua Blackwell, uh, who was back, by the way, after uh, a short hiatus. But I think, you know, he's really fighting for one of those back end roster spots. I'd like to see him stick around and continue his development. Um, how about the defensive tackle? I mean, we talked about the depth on this defensive line. 
Marvin Wilson, a guy out of Florida State that I really like. Uh, even Rennell Wren, you could throw into the mix, but Tua Poloto from USC. Those three guys, I don't know if one of them makes it, but if they do, it'll be a heck of a story. I think one of at least one of them is going to stick around the practice squad. And, uh, you know, I struck out on Josh Sills, but what about Jack Anderson, I think, is a guy that has some playing time experience, maybe on that roster bubble. Uh, I, I would tend that you have to keep LaRaven Clark over a Jack Anderson, but if there's a way to keep both of those guys – uh, nothing like having a battle-tested guy that you can kind of keep on the roster there. Yeah, I think Anderson's actually got a better chance to make it because of positional flexibility. Um, Clark uh, pretty much purely just tackle. Um, and I think you're right about him. I do think the Eagles like him. He, Ren's got no shot whatsoever. And I got bad news for you. I don't think your boy Marvin has got much of a shot. Uh, Marlon Tuiatopo has played well for them in uh, the practice sessions and it played well in the preseason game and he's the draft pick. And yes, uh, if you check Howie Roseman's draft record, as Johnny Mack said with us earlier, two things you can count on. They try and protect their draft picks and one undrafted free agent's going to make the team. You got to have one and the Eagles will have one and maybe two. It'll be very interesting to see which of them uh, that is. All right, other than the Eagles, what else are you watching, Saratella? So you're ready to do your first show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel on yeah, Monday. Mo Monday, buckle up. Uh, I'll be following you guys. And I guess over the weekend here, I'm going to be keeping an eye on these two uh, crazy stories that came out yesterday. One, the punt god uh, accused of gang rape. I mean, unbelievable uh, and you talk about all the homework that we do in the pre-draft evaluation. Here's a punter that got drafted and they didn't know about this. And then also this Aaron Donald story, because our guy Rob Matty came out and I saw him say that the NFL has no jurisdiction over a practice altercation. So technically the NFL cannot suspend or fine Aaron Donald was, if that's true, I think that rule needs to be changed. So the only discipline he will receive will come from the Rams organization. And guess what? Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't they, think they, they'll be suspending him for 10 games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, if but uh, just a wild if scene. If, if you haven't seen that video, you got to see it. YouTube it. It's out there already. He kind of lost his mind in a practice yesterday against the Bengals, but uh great point by Robin and by uh, Ricky here that, yeah, the, the Rams won't be taking any action against Mr. Do, Mr. Donner. You can bank every last dollar you have on that one. All right, Dave, partner, uh, great job filling in for Johnny Mack. I uh, know I'll probably get you up again in the future, but best of luck with the new show on Monday. And the official name is? Oh, the Football Playbook. So, and I, and I got to say uh, thank you, Jody, for having me on for, for so long and uh, really, you know, helping me create a little name for myself here we've we've gone back quite some time so i appreciate all the love and support throughout all the years and uh look forward to following you every day on the football playbook from 10 to 12 you got every confidence you'll do a great job with the new show ricky and he gets to talk about something other than the nfl draft which is what i've had him on doing with me for over a decade as you guys have been able to evidence for yourself here he can talk at all, and he will starting Monday here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac and I will be back on Monday after the Eagle preseason game against the Dolphins. Looking forward to chatting it up. Don't know. We'll learn on Saturday, but we're here to break it down for you on Monday. Have a uh, great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Eagles and the Dolphins. Johnny Mac and I will be back in two and two days, that is. 
You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.